You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church at church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Happy Easter. Thank you for joining us for Easter service 2911 online. Also, happy anniversary to Church 2911. 11 years ago on Easter of 2009, we launched Church 2911. So this is a special day. So let's not just make the most of it since we're having to be online, but let's make the most of it because this is a special time. So it's been a special week. We've really been looking back at what was going on the week before Easter. It was a very confusing time, really especially look at it, if you will, from the perspective of the disciples, because I think that's the best perspective for us to really understand what was going on there. Jesus was going through a lot of things, but his best friends, these disciples that had been with him for three years of ministry now, they were going through a lot of it too, and they were witnessing all of that. Earlier this week, Jesus has begun really hammering down and letting them know that, that he was about to die and about to be crucified in Jerusalem. They watched him be betrayed. He was arrested. He had the trials. He was rejected, condemned to death. The soldiers took him out. They beat him. They nailed him to a cross. He was buried on that Friday afternoon. All of this happening. They pretty much go into hiding because they're afraid for their own lives. And then on Sunday morning, they get word that Jesus is alive. Now, I know that sounds like really, really good news to me and you, but to them, it's like, really? After all this, you're going to tell me he's, he's alive, that his, his body's missing, he's come back to life. So let's not be too hard on them because you and I, we have this perspective of looking back and knowing what happened, but they didn't at that time. If we could talk to him today, we would tell him, hey, this is good news. This is true. This really did happen. And all of these things have been adding up to this moment. And so rejoice, celebrate. This has all been something good as God has brought it all together. But it's so easy, isn't it? to get caught up into all the stuff going on around us and to miss the awesome of what God is doing in that moment. You know, in times of uh, self-isolation, in times where government leaders are making all kinds of decisions and it's hard sometimes to figure out what they all mean. You know, in times where normal is not normal anymore, when everything that you've been working for and planning and putting together seems like it's out the window and wondering if it'll ever be back again. More questions than answers. Now, wait a minute, was I talking about the disciples week before Easter? Or was I talking about our week before Easter? Because they seem kind of parallel, don't they? And so all the stuff that you're going through and all the, all the worries that you have, the concerns, the questions, the fears, the doubts, let me tell you what, as I said a few moments ago, we would probably be telling the disciples. This is all still good. God's still in charge. Everything is, is still in his hands and, and all the stuff that looks like it's bad or looks like it's falling apart, he's still gonna pull it together and he's gonna make a lot of awesome things happen right out of it. So yeah, the crucifixion, the cross, it was a confusing time. Easter was a confusing weekend. There was so much more going on than you and I sometimes remember what's going on. So let's, let's look at that, okay? So let's go to the cross and let's look at something. Now, Jesus set this up a little bit in Matthew chapter 26. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, 
which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. Now, what Jesus is talking about here is about how his blood is going to be shed on the cross the very next day. But he continues, I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. Okay, so what he's talking about here, is he's talking about a hope that we have beyond even this life. Not just a hope to live with him and have his spirit with us right now, but even beyond this life. But he said this hope is going to begin with forgiveness that comes through his blood being shed at the cross of Calvary. So this is where it begins. Now, if I were to ask you, why did Jesus come and why did he die? You'd probably say he came so that he could go to the cross. Why did he die? He died. You'd probably say for our sin. I'd say, what do you mean for our sin? And you'd probably kind of zero in a little bit there on forgiveness because I think that's the thing we all think about is that he died so that we could have our sins forgiven so we could be in right standing with God and all that. And that's true, he did. He paid that penalty. I mean, the crucifixion that he underwent was a horrible, cruel death. So that was like, that was like the penalty for our sins. He experienced that to pay, for, to pay for the guilt of our sins. But it goes even beyond that. Also, into our shame and shame. Now, I think sometimes we think of guilt and shame as being the same thing, but let me, let me describe it this way. Let's say that you, know, you do something really, really bad and, and you have to apologize to someone for it. And they say they accept your apology and you really believe they have accepted your apology and they've forgiven you and, and they're not thinking about it anymore. But you can't get it out of your head. It, it, still, it still pains you. I mean, you, you still have the, the shame of what you did. Understand? That's the difference in, in, in guilt and shame. And Jesus didn't just die to, to deliver us from the guilt of our sin, but to also deliver us from the shame of our sin. Because the crucifixion was not just something that was horrible and cruel. It was also something that was a very shameful death. That was one of the things they did with it. They did everything they could to just, anything they could do to embarrass the person that was being crucified. So Jesus died a very shameful death, you could say, because he also died for the shame of our sin. But it doesn't stop there. It's not just the, the guilt and it's not just the shame, okay? Let me give you this example also. Say you fall into a raging river and you're, you're being washed downstream with the rapids and, and, and you're having a hard time keeping your head above water. You're, you're breathing in about twice as much water as, as you are oxygen, it seems like. And finally, someone on the side of the river that can swim better than you and is stronger than you, they jump in, they catch up with you. They pick you up and, and they, they find a way to get you to the shore. They, they drag you out of the water. They start beating you on the back, trying to get all that, all that water you know, out. You're coughing it up and everything. And, and finally, they, they look into your face and say, are you, are you okay? You're going to be all right? And you finally gather yourself and you say, yeah, I think I'm going to be okay now. And so now that they're sure that you're going to be okay, they push you back into the water. Wouldn't you say that that was a waste of saving you from the water if you're just gonna end up back in the water? You see, in the same way, what Jesus did when, when he went to the cross, it wasn't just about our guilt. It wasn't just about our shame. It was about the life of sin that we've had to live. 
He's rescuing us from that. And he didn't rescue us from, from that life of sin just for us to end up back in it. He wants to deliver us from all of that. You see, he doesn't just want to save us from sin. He wants to save us to something even greater. Let's look at some more scripture here. This, this is also at the cross. It's in the book of John. This is chapter 19, verse 26 and 27. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to his disciple, Here is your mother. So from that hour, this disciple took her into his home. Now that was when Jesus was hanging on the cross. And he looked down and he saw his mother and he saw John, the disciple that Jesus loved. That's what John calls himself a lot when he's writing about himself and Jesus. All the other disciples were nowhere to be seen. John is the only one that is right there. Now, I'm going to say something here that might sound a little harsh, okay? And I don't mean it to sound harsh, but I really just want to draw the distinction between the two, okay? But while John was there, and this had to be a tough thing. I'm sure it was for Mary to watch her son die. And this had to be a tough thing for John to watch his best friend die. And I'm sure that was part of why the other disciples weren't there. They were also just trying to save their necks because, hey, Jesus had been arrested and now being crucified. They didn't want the same thing to happen to them. But John couldn't let his best friend go through all that without being right there. That he had a part to play. He had a, he had a place to be. In the middle of all this, he signed up for maybe, maybe not all of this, but he signed up for this and he was going to fulfill his commitment to Jesus. And so he was there. And so while... All the other disciples were hiding out and it seemed like their lives, everything that they had dreamed of and everything that they had planned and everything that they were trying to do seemed like was falling apart right there in front of their eyes. And it seemed like nothing made sense anymore, that they were even questioning the things that Jesus had said to them. And while all of that seemed to be falling apart for them, what was John doing? John was there at the foot of the cross getting new purpose from Jesus. Because the end of that verse 27 said, from that hour he took Jesus' mother Mary into his house and took care of her the rest of his life. He took care of her. Imagine, imagine the challenge, imagine the, the awesomeness of that opportunity to be given the Messiah's mother to take care of. He received new purpose the rest of his life. We know that's not all that John did the rest of his life. But he was receiving new purpose. That's, that's, that's what I want to really point out to you right here. Is that when, when we understand and we don't, we don't lose sight of what God is trying to do in our lives, there's always new purpose. Jesus didn't just come to save us from sin, but to save us to new purpose, to greater purpose. Something bigger than ourselves, something greater than ourselves. That's what he wants to see in us. That's what he wants to, to, to have accomplished in us. So let's dig just a little deeper into that. You know, we all, we all have plenty to live for, right? And I, I put in my notes, toys and joys, right? I mean, there's probably never been a time in history that people had more toys than we have. And I'm talking about those grown-up toys, you know, the ones we have to make payments on, right? And the joys, you know, all the stuff that we enjoy. I mean, life is about everything you enjoy. Don't believe me? Go to Facebook, you know, go, go to Twitter right now and read what people are saying in the middle of this pandemic and everything is there's so many people that, again, 
I said I was going to be a little harsh. I was a little harsh toward the disciples. Maybe a little harsh right here. But a lot of people, it seems like all they can post about is how this is impacting them. I mean, people are dying and they're just posting about how it's impacting their lives. I can't go party on Friday night. I can't go to the beach. I had to cancel my vacation. And listen, yeah, that's a bad thing to have to cancel your vacation. And, and, and if you posted that you were upset about that, I totally understand. But I'm talking about when we are totally focused on ourselves and all that it really means to us, then we miss so much of what God might be trying to do in the middle of all that. Because then look at the other side of the coin. Look at, look at these first responders and doctors and nurses medical people who have come out of retirement to, to jump back in. You know, not because they didn't jump back in to, to healthcare at this time because there was more money to be made, but because there was a purpose in their life. There's a purpose in their heart, something more important than what they're doing and, and the little things that can happen. Yes, even risking their own life. And that's the difference. And those that, those that have that They've got a little more something to live for. It's, like I said just a few minutes ago, we all have something to live for, right? But Jesus at the cross, he found something worth dying for. And you know, I don't feel like life is really worth living until you find something worth dying for. And it's interesting to me about how our life came from his death. The purpose that we have, the forgiveness of the guilt and the, the deliverance from the shame, all of those things, the, uh, the saving us from the life of sin and having that purpose that is enough that it's worth dying for, having all of that, we got that out of his death. Because see, it doesn't end at death. The whole Easter message is about how death is not the end. It's just the beginning of something new. Then on Easter Sunday, when Jesus got up, that was the beginning of something new. And for me and you, when we come to know Christ, it's not the end, just the end of some things. It's the beginning of something new. I wanna pray with you. And whether this is your first time to ever pray, or if you've prayed a hundred times in your past, I feel like there's probably something in the things I've said today, the things that Jesus brought to us through His sacrifice and His resurrection that you probably need a little bit of today. Perhaps you, you do need forgiveness of the guilt of your sin. I'm sure there are some of you that you feel like you've been forgiven, but you're still struggling with the shame and you need deliverance from that shame. It's there. John chapter 3, verse 16, you've probably heard it, right? For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. But you know what verse 17, the very next verse says? It says, because God's Son didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world through Him could be saved. He doesn't intend for you to live under that condemnation and with that shame. And so maybe that's what you'd like to pray about today. Or maybe you've ask for forgiveness. Maybe you're delivered from that shame, but you're still living that life. It seems like that sin just keeps pulling you back in, just like falling back into the rapids. You just keep getting pulled back in and pulled back in. Or maybe today, you need your purpose renewed. 
Maybe it's been a while since you felt like you had something worth dying for. And you need that passion, that purpose renewed. Let's pray over those things right now, okay? No matter, no matter where you're at in the middle of any of that and all of that, let's just believe God to bring all those things because Jesus has already died for them. He's already paid the price for all of those things to be in your life. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you and thank you for all of these things. And for someone who is praying their very first prayer and just needs, needs forgiveness of the guilt of their sin, God, I pray for that for them. For those, Lord, who are dealing with shame, you didn't intend for us to live under that. I pray, God, deliverance from the shame, Lord. And God, for those who keep falling back into the rapids of, of a sinful life, God, that just won't let go of them, Lord, you've already paid that price too. Deliver them, save them from that life of sin. And God, maybe for some of those who have lost sight and of, of the important stuff in life, and, God, that today you can renew their passion, renew their purpose, and, and remind us, give us something worth dying for, to live our life in, in, in an attitude of knowing that there's something bigger and more important, something worth dying for. I pray all of that in Jesus' name, that you give that to us because, God, your son has already paid for it all, and we take it, we accept it. We take it into our life right now through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed any of that with me today, I'd love to hear it and you need to tell me. Because Romans 10, 9 and 10 says basically this, to become a Christian, all you've got to do is believe Jesus is who he says he is and tell somebody. So tell somebody. If, if you're watching on your phone or iPad or computer, you can comment right now and let us know. If not, you can go to your phone and text us at 205-476-2911 and just let us know. Because we've got something we'd like to send you. If you're starting a new life in Christ, we'd like to send you something to help you with that. And we'd like to be praying with you. So if you've got a need, share that with us also. Our prayer team would love to be praying with you about that. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. You can email our prayer team at prayer at church2911.com or Text us at 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting church2911.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. Thanks for listening to the 2911 Sermons Podcast. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.